Our teaching today is from the Ted Lasso series that we started uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week. And uh, be a goldfish is what Ted Lasso tells us to be. We're going to talk more about what in the world is Ted Lasso meaning by that. But we all have heard this song, Regrets. Frank Sinatra didn't think he had that many regrets. He had a few, but too few to mention. How about you? I think we've all had regrets at some point or another. Everybody that's ever cut their own hair at some point has a regret about that, I believe. Fortune magazine had an article in their publication this week with this title, The Great Resignation, we all experienced that as a country during COVID, is now the great regret. 80% of the job hoppers wish they had not quit their old roles, with Gen Z being the most regretful. That was quite a story in my understanding. James Cameron and the Ocean Gate, the, the ill-fated uh, Titanic diving submersible. James Cameron himself has been to the Titanic in, in submersibles 33 times. And he added his voice to the many voices of warning against this particular vessel taking this dive. And James Cameron said that he regretted that he did not speak up more loudly and more forcefully to the crew and to the uh, leadership of Ocean Gate. I asked on my Facebook page this week what you all may have uh, feelings of regret over. And some of these are just uh, gut-wrenching, and some of them are kind of funny. I regret not buying more Taylor Swift tickets when I had the chance. I could have made lots of dollar bills this summer. Big bucks, yeah, for sure. Now we get sad. Not being at the hospital the day my dad died. Not being with my mom when she took her last breath. I regret that I kept my sexuality a secret because I cared about what others thought instead of what was best for myself. In the midst of addiction, I abandoned my children. Yeah, y'all can read this while I have a moment. <laughs> Not reaching out to dad before he passed. When I was seven or eight years old, I snapped at my dad for getting me the wrong video game. And I can still see the disappointment in his face. Haunts me to this day. Focusing on boys in relationships instead of friends in high school and college, I should have developed my social skills and had a whole group of friends instead of wasting my time and breaking my heart over immature guys. I deeply regret picking on this socially challenged girl when I was younger. I wasn't particularly vicious or anything, but I should have used my popularity to stand up for her or at least treat her right. Daniel Pink in his book, The Power of Regret, says the most common negative emotion and the second most common emotion of any kind was regret. The only emotion mentioned more often than regret was love. So what do we do with regret? And that's where Ted Lasso comes in. Here's the clip where he first talked about the goldfish as it related to regret. Take a look at this and maybe everything will come together after you see this video. Here it is.
version of B, the goldfish advice, is found in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have laid hold of it, but one thing I have laid hold of, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. The Apostle Paul and Coach Ted are both sports fans, and they are both talking in the sport language. The word that Paul uses here for the word forgetting means to completely forget. And it was used in uh, the, the world of track, that when a runner would pass another runner, he would forget that runner that he passed, but only look forward, not behind. Look forward to the finish line, not behind at the runner that you just passed. Coaches tell us that whenever a runner looks back, it kind of trips a negative uh, signal in the brain. And it typically means that the runner is running scared, afraid that he's going to be caught. They're no longer running to win, but they're, they're running not to lose. And so Paul says, be a runner. Ted says, be a goldfish. Don't look back. But the lesson here may not be so much to forget the past, because we really can't forget the past. But maybe it is just to focus on the future, focus on the present, not so much on the past. Forgetting doesn't mean that we just erase the bitter past. It means, and Lewis Meads, one of the, my favorite authors back in the, when I was a young, young pastor, psychologist says, forgetting means that we create a new way to remember. We change the memory of our past into a hope for our future. So how do we do that? I think one way that we can do that is to redeem the past. The past is over. We can't really forget it. But how can I use the past to make my present better, to make my future brighter? How can I buy back the past? That's what the word redeem means. The past was used for one purpose, and it was a sad, bad, harmful purpose. So maybe I can redeem that act. I can redeem that behavior. I could redeem that choice and use it for something positive and something good. You know, there are so many things, and I've talked about this before, that I regret having taught as a pastor since, you know, 1978. And if I allowed myself, I could get really down in the dumps about that, and I could allow my regret of all the things that I taught that were so hurtful to people to paralyze me. But what I want to choose to do, and more times than not, I will choose to do this, but sometimes I still feel a little paralyzed by some of my regrets. I want to use my past teaching that was so harmful to propel me to be a better person today, to be a better teacher, to be a more loving type of a teacher, to redeem it. Paul writes, continuing in Philippians chapter 3, I press on toward the goal. It's still that, uh, that track world he's talking about. And I press on toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. And so instead of getting all bummed out over the past, Paul is focusing on becoming fully human and becoming fully incarnated, the divine and the human coming together in his own very own life. So use your past. And use your decisions and use your behaviors 
of the yesterdays to make this present day a better day and to make tomorrow's better tomorrow's. If you look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, that word, I press on toward the goal. And then if you look, go back and see what he says in chapter 3, verse 6, where he's kind of given a history of his life and all the things that he regrets in his life. He's making a list of those things. As to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. He was a law fault keeper. But that Greek word that is translated persecutor in verse 6 and the Greek word translated press in verse 14 is the identical same word. The translators took the context of what Paul was saying and gave it to it a different English word. And I don't think they made a mistake with this. In fact, I love what they did with this because it tells me that in Paul's life, he had this zeal and he used his zeal to hurt people. And then today, he's taking that same zeal and he's using it to help people. That's a great model for myself, maybe for you too. That I can use my past, the things that I have said that hurt people, to propel me and I can become just as zealous about now saying things that can help people. He redeemed his past. Now, a part of that redemption process, a part of that buying back lost opportunities and harmful behaviors of the past is talked about in steps eight and nine in the big book, the program for Alcoholics Anonymous, where we read in step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Made direct amends, step nine, to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So here's the deal. Lamentations tells us this, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I think we need to focus on the fact that the writer here, who is Jeremiah, does not say that God's judgments never cease, that God's judgments never come to an end, that God's judgments and condemnation is new every morning, but he says his loving kindness, that's what the word mercy is. His mercies, his love, his kindness is new every day. So that tells me that God forgives and he doesn't wake us up every morning with a load of guilt. But he wakes us up by pouring on us that water of loving kindness. Yeah. You've been awakened before by an alarm that was too loud. And you have a heart attack right there in the bed. I've got, I wake up to a particular song that I really do like. And I forget sometimes to turn it down, my phone down. And it will wake up, and I'll, Denise will be just like a spider on the ceiling when that thing goes off. And that's judgment, and that's harsh. This morning when I, the alarm went off at a little before 6, it was just so peaceful. It was just so calm. And I woke up feeling so good. That's how God wakes us up. He wakes us up with love, with tenderness, with kindness. No more judgment, no more condemnation. But 
That's God. That's not people. God's ready to forgive. People may not be. So if we offend someone, if we mistreat someone in our past or our present, if we do something that harms someone, I don't think the goldfish principle is going to work very well. Yeah. Let's just try that with Denise and me. So, Denise, I hurt you. I said something that offended you, that was insensitive to you. Denise, be a goldfish. I'm a goldfish. I forgot all about it. Why don't you forget about it? It just doesn't fly, does it? And then a lot of times we play the God card. Denise, God's, God's forgiven me, and I think you ought to as well. <laughs> I'm really thinking that Jesus intends us to be something more than a goldfish. He tends us to be a human who's empowered by the very Spirit of God. You know I like Father Roar. Every once in a while, you'll see this message come up in the teaching. Those of you who are first-timers today, if I don't talk too long, we'll have a time at the end for a Q&A and just allow you to text a question, and I'd love to ponder that question and try to answer that in public. So that's why that is up there. Father Rohr says, God fully forgives us, but the karma of our mistakes remains, and we must still go back and repair the bonds that we have broken. So, step eight is quite programmed, concrete and specific. Make a list, it says, and that list is of all those we have harmed. Note that it does not say those who have harmed us, which will just get us back into the self-serving victim role. The plan is absolutely inspired here and knows that it needs to push the person out of his or her immense selfishness. AA is the only group I know that is willing and honest enough to just tell people up front, you are damn selfish. Or, until you get beyond your massive narcissism, you are never going to grow up. They are just like Jesus who told us without any hesitation that we had to renounce. Some of us memorize that verse with the word deny ourselves. Yeah. We recognize those sinful parts in our behaviors and we put that apart aside and develop a new approach. Jesus also gave this advice for relationships. When you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, if you've done something to hurt someone, and you remember that before you put your money in the offering plate, then leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. There's no, forget it. There's no, be a goldfish here. If you have hurt somebody, if you have mistreated somebody, if you have neglected someone, if someone has been harmed by your actions, by your words, God expects us for the sake of the relationship, for the sake of community, to go make that right. So instead of making a list of everyone who has hurt us, we like that kind of list. We make a list of everyone that we have hurt. Healthy spirituality will lead us to do that. Love will lead us to do that. 
when we are transformed by healthy spirituality, when we are transformed and pursuing a higher love, we will be open to listening to people that we have hurt and to empathize with them, not to defend ourselves, not to explain the offense away, but just to allow them to express what our words, what our behavior has done to them. AA is not just for alcoholics. AA is for humanity, for every one of us to do that. So when we are transformed by that higher love, when we are transformed by that higher spirituality, we're going to be willing to make that right with other people. I understand that regret feels awful. It is that stomach, that gut-wrenching sensation that the present would be better, that the future would be brighter. If I just didn't make such a foolish choice back then, if I just didn't say what I said, if I just didn't do what I had done, if I acted so stupidly, and that regret just eats us up, regret hurts. Yeah. But we can do something with that regret. Take a look at this video. Shows what people did when they face their regrets. Take a look. the time I wasted, not saying yes to things. It's something I've always wanted to do since I was little. Time slipping away, I mean, that's probably the worst feeling in the world, right? loads of friends from different walks of life and it's really hard to keep in touch with everyone. Up until recently, I was homeless. If I hadn't hurt the people that I had, maybe I wouldn't have been. I wanted to do so many things, but I can never seem to find the time. I did all the things that were like plan B. I just never did it. <laughs>
clean board feels feels like where I want to be. Feels like where I want to go. That it's not my regret anymore. It's hopeful. It means there's possibility. Regret is universal, and regret, I want us to understand, in my opinion, and I may be wrong in this, I think regret is healthy. It is beneficial. Regret can motivate. Regret can clarify. If I know that I did something wrong in the past, and I have regret about that, it's going to make me be a better person in the present. But if I pretend that I never did anything wrong in the past, then I, I won't be compelled or motivated to be a better person. I don't want to live in the regret, but I want it to push me to become fully human, who God wants me to be. Here's a, the story from Abby. She's 30 years old. She says, I regret not taking advantage of spending time with my grandparents as a child. I resented their presence in my home and their desire to connect with me. And now, <laughs> I do anything to get it back. So what she's doing, she can't get her grandparents back and can't get that time back. It's gone. It's erased. She's becoming a better daughter now. She's treating her parents better. She's asking her mom and her dad about stories from their childhood that she wished she would have asked her grandparents. She's connecting on a deep level with her parents because of her regret with her grandparents. She says this, I don't want to feel the way when my parents died that I felt about my grandparents and what did I miss. So here's the deal. As much as I like Ted Lasso, he's wrong on this one. Yeah. They say the goldfish's memory only goes back a few seconds. Who says that? Says what? <laughs> well, since the 50s, scientists have known that goldfish's memory, it lasts longer than 10 seconds. It lasts weeks, months, even years. Yeah. But I don't want us to dismiss Ted Lasso's lesson of the goldfish. Let's not allow the past to paralyze us, to hold us back. Let's allow the past to propel us forward to being better humans. I want to close with a prayer. And let's just take a moment and I'll light this as a light in our sadness and the shadows of our regrets and just think with me maybe we could even dim the lights on the platform a little bit yeah God Father Mother love you are the love that created the world 
You are the light that shines. We ask that you will shine your loving light into our hearts, revealing when and how we may have hurt and mistreated others. May that light lead us to reconciliation and restoration. May that light light the path out of our past into the present and the future. Loving God where the pain is raw, send relief. When fear paralyzes, pour out peace. Where anger festers, have mercy. When doubts overwhelm, hold us fast. In the name of love, I pray. Amen. Amen.